Welcome back to Rift City Rundown. This is episode 12 of the podcast. Um, again, this is coming to you around after game six. Uh, I've had a little time to digest digest the results. Um, and today, the topic of this podcast, kind of the general topic, will be off-season moves. Just initial, quick-fire thoughts on what the Blazers should do in the off-season from a roster construction standpoint, from a culture standpoint. From a coaching standpoint, from a front office standpoint, we're just going to kind of run through everything, what the Blazers need to do to become contenders, what the Blazers might need to sacrifice in order to do that. Um, Yeah, you want to take it away? Yeah, if you haven't watched our last podcast, episode 11, that was more of the reaction to (laughs) game six. Um, Sorry, we're trying to keep a good mood out here. It's really hard. Um, That was our more reaction to game six. This is our plan for the offseason and it's a rough plan it's not even a plan it's kind of just ranting on what should happen going through every team train for cj nurk gotta go everyone gotta go maybe not i don't know let's start with a trade deadline this past season so we trade okay so we trade gary trent jr for norman powell norman powell if you're going to trade gary trent jr in my opinion needs to become he needs to be re-signed so let's start with that First off, we'll start with that trade. How, like, looking back on it, is that a W or an L of a trade? I think it's a W I, if you resign him. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, Norman Powell can be, I think, the perfect guard next to Dexa Dame. I think if we resign him, that could be a really good backcourt. I think that's that's what the backcourt should be. And people were saying, is Powell going to replace CJ again? This is not. We're not gonna crucify cj we have three cj jerseys in this room I'm right now right we now. have an oregon cj jersey i am wearing one he has CJ a throwback jersey. cj jersey he CJ and there's a rip Kong. city cj jersey here we love him sadly he's the only guy that we can trade that can realistically make this team better so if norman powell is the replacement so to speak we'll put that in quotes to cj as the two who do we trade cj for let's talk about trade scenarios let's go through teams that you should pull, pull up the teams yeah um the one guy that's first off, this it sucks. CJ was at his all-time high trade value before his injury. As we're recording this, the Lakers are down sixty-two to forty-one. Devin Booker has thirty-three first-half points. That's absurd. You gotta feel good for Suns fans watching Devin Booker grow into a star. Okay, but um, CJ was having a twenty-seven, I think, like four point nine threes a game, uh, leading the NBA in three-point shooting. Um, if he could sustain that level, we first off, we probably wouldn't have been knocked out of the first round. But he would have great trade value. Sadly, he just had a pretty below average. I don't want to say below average, but just not a good, not a thing you want to trade for a playoff series. CJ McCollum, he offers you these qualities. He's a playmaker. He's a shot maker and shot creator. He's a guard. He's a yeah. He's a upper. He's a an above average shoot shooting guard in this league, which is what you need. And there are teams, and I'm not saying we tr- we'd make offers to these teams, but there are teams like the 76ers, the Knicks, um, the Lakers to an extent. Okay. We're gonna, this first guy. Really solid defensive teams that need a shot maker and shot creator. If you surround CJ with four really good defenders, like the 76ers or the Knicks, they could use that. I mean, look, look at the Knicks. The, the Knicks, Knicks needed playoffs, offense. They needed offense. CJ would have been invaluable in that series. Look at and you can also like get now in terms of Dame's 
terms of the Blazers championship like wait like window for Dame's window, you cannot trade CJ for picks and pro- prospects. You need which a- is going to be hard. Yes. But that's what's going to have to happen. You need a win now player. So we're going to jump into this. We're going to look at we're going to look at CJ McCollum first because in reality, the things that should happen first, the totem pole should go. Terry Stotts should be the very first thing to go. Yeah, we'll talk about. Um, we'll talk about this. Then we're going to talk about players though right now. Um, this guy we've you been really, talking really, about. Really touch on Terry Stotts quick. We'll, if, okay. we'll touch on Terry. So, so so the theme the the structure of this of this podcast is going to be the, it's going to be all over the place. Yes, but, but these this, are the steps of what the Blues need to do. First order of business. And maybe, okay, it's in no particular order of importance, but the first one we'll touch on is Terry Stotts needs to go. Nothing against Terry Stotts. His run with the t- team, I think, is up. His style, the lack of defense that the team has had for a long time now, um, it's not sustainable. It's not a championship culture. Um, he's a very good coach, though, but and I wish him all the best, but if I was the GM, we would need a fresh face, a new mentality, a defensive scheme for once. Yeah. He's he's gonna definitely be the first one to go. Um, in his post game presser, he was asked about his job security. He goes, and I quote, "My job security? Question mark. I'm under contract for the next two years." End quote. Um, not really sure what that means, but Terry is. I think that's just him trying to avoid the question of the inevitably, knowing he's probably gonna get fired. Um, do you go player next after Terry, or do you go executive next? Um, we'll, do you just clean house? We'll, uh, I give Neil Shea a couple. I'll give him one more try. I, this is this is the time to pounce, and if he is passive, I have major questions. We'll listen to his plan. If his plan is to actually be aggressive, then sure, we keep him. Um, so who's who? By the way, who makes decisions on firing executives? Is it the owners? Is it Jody Allen? Can we touch on touch on her for a little bit? Be that it could be like a. I think it'd have to. I mean, is Neil the president of basketball operations? I think so. I mean, he I mean, makes that's the moves. High up there. Um, so Jody Allen would have the authority. What, what were you saying about Jody Allen off air? Um, um, yeah, so let's talk about her Okay. off air. So Jody Allen, obviously we all know the Pat tragic passing of Paul Allen. He was a blazer fan, like to the core. He invested in the team. He wanted to see a good product on the floor. Um, and after he died, you know, Jody Allen took over team, the team. And for, a split second, there was a possibility of relocation, which is terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. true, but that happens with every change of You're right, years. you're right, you're right. So, um, it's just that the Jody Allen, you know, and I understand why she was a little more on the frugal side last year. Um, it was to avoid the repeater tax, so we wouldn't have to constantly pay tax money because we have been one of the more expensive teams in the league, which means that Paul Allen wants to see his team win. Um, but I really hope that Jody is not frugal again next year and actually like gives Neil the power to go for it. And because I think uh, it, it, you owe it to Dame, you owe it to the fans, you owe it to the team. I mean, if you're not trying to win a championship, you're either trying to win a championship or you're trying to build for the future to win a championship. You're not sitting as I mean, you want to get the sixth seed and get bounced in the first round every year. That's the worst place to be. And right now we have a player who can take us over the hump. So why not go for it? So Jody Allen, go for it. Okay. Okay. That's enough on the executive head coach owner talk. Now we will get into the player. First player we're going after, or we would look after. It will, this is the one that CJ. makes the sense the most. Um, this is going to a team that needs a guard that can go score and get you buckets because they don't have that. They have actually a guard that doesn't want to score and doesn't want to shoot. This is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we're we're going to say it's Tobias Harris here. The trade would work. He's making $34 million a year. A lot of money. That's a lot of money for Tobias Harris, but he averaged 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 3.5 assists on the year. 
Um, so very solid numbers. He is 28, so he's just entering his prime, but that contract is a long contract. Um, I think when he signed, it was a five-year, $180, $180 million max, mm -hmm. um, which the Sixers were kind of backed into a corner to do that. Um, but Tobias Harris is the first guy. Now that's just the main part of the trade. You could give us little pieces yeah. here and there. Um, could give you little pieces here and it there. is interesting, though. CJ for Ben Simmons was a big talk, and I think that still could happen depending on if the Sixers get bounced early. Maybe they somehow get bounced in the second round um, and realize that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they're two players that you're going to try to keep together as long as possible until you know it won't work, similar to Damon CJ. Um, if I was yeah. not a fan of the Ben Simmons trade talk, but he would bring a level of defense to the team that has been sorely, sorely missed. And he is a, he's almost like a Zion to an extent where all his finishing is at the rim. But his driving capability and his passing, his playmaking, his defense, basically everything but shooting would be take a burden off Dame and play the playmaking aspect. And Dame could still do the Allow Dame to play off ball a little bit, do a little curry I movement. I actually like that now. Um, but I don't know if do it. the Sixers would do that. Tobias Harris is a lot more realistic. Um, and then you could do like a CJ and somebody for Tobias and Matisse, depending on who you value more. Some a, people value CJ, some people value Tobias. But as a Blazers fan, you want to be watching these series that are still going because you want to see which team underperforms. Do the Clippers lose game six tomorrow at home? And they blow it up and Paul George becomes available. That's another player we will talk about in a second. Paul George. Let's talk about Paul George. We saw... Um, Paul George, you know, if the Clippers don't win, I mean, that's pretty pathetic with the talent you have on that roster. Does Paul George become available? I think if you're going to trade one of the two, you would trade Paul George, and that would be pretty funny if Paul George and Damian Lillard ended up playing for the same team. But if you traded CJ and Rocco for Paul George, you could do that. Even for Nicholas Batum. That doesn't work. We're just we have trade machine right here throwing up trades to see if money works, but, I mean... Okay. You could see Paul George okay, wanting we'll out. Your realistic, realistic targets for C for CJ. Who who is on your wish list? Give me three players. Um, are we going wish list or are we going realistic? Your realistic wish list. Okay. Um, I think Tobias Harris is up there, or one of the two on the Sixers. Um, there's different levels for the CJ trade. You could go where CJ is technically the best player in the trade, or you could do it where the best player in the trade is the guy you're receiving. You're doing CJ and another high quality player, such as a Rocco such as um, a young piece like Simons or Collins or something like that. Um, but I, yeah. Collins is still on this I hope he comes back and is healthy because he could also help these defensive woes. But, I mean, it's hard to think off the top of my head, but Paul George would be a guy, and I know everyone's going to be like, oh, CJ, you, CJ will not get you Paul George, but teams get desperate, and the Clippers have been a poverty franchise forever. Um, I said Tobias Harris... Um, I don't. Chris Middleton? I don't think they would do that. The Bucks are going to keep running it back because you just picked up um, Drew Holiday. Yeah. I don't think they would do Chris Middleton. That's kind of like a move that now that they have Drew Holiday, now that they have that elite guard, I don't Marcus think they technically smart. need him. Or Gordon Hayward. I know they don't play the same. Team I think Gordon do. Hayward more than Smart because again, if you're making this trade, you you want a three or the four. You obviously you want a three or four because ideally you re-sign Norman Powell. A lot of people have been saying that another reason we traded for Norman Powell is because we traded him to be CJ's replacement, and if inevitably we go down in the first round, which inevitably has happened. So, I mean, 
we're all talking about this um, as if we re-sign Norman Powell. If we don't re-sign Norman Powell, we could trade for a 2-2. A 2-2. Um, but again, if no matter who we're trading for, defense needs to be a priority with them, or at least they need to be an average defender at worst. So, I mean, you can go so many different ways here. I mean, I just don't know who you For me, target. the perfect starting five for this Blazers team would be Dame, Norm, Traded three, possibly Tobias, BG, Roko, and Nurk. Now, this is also important. This is, um, and the postgame presser Nurk was talking, um, and he, would you like to read the yeah. quote? Okay, postgame presser from Nurk, just a couple things he said. I mean, he was like, this might be the best group of people I've ever been around, Sap, Sappy being Sap season. Um, then he goes... On his post-game pressure, presser, I don't know the context behind this. I just see the quote. It says, quote, I wish my role was bigger, end quote. I'm not really sure what that means. If he, Does he want to play more or something? Not really sure. Um, does he want to have a bigger role in the offense? Not sure. And then he also said, um, that's gonna, I'm going to have to find this thing. Um, yeah, was, talk, talk while I find this thing. Well, the, the quote I'm paraphrasing, but it was, did you talk about the right situation? Because that's the quote. It's saying... I'm, I think this quote has been deleted off of where I found it. But it, to sum it the, up... The quote, yeah. the, the quote was... Um, the question that was asked to Nurkic was, are you returning to the team? Like, would you be okay returning to the team? Which is an interesting question to start. And he goes, only in the right si- situation. And the question, the reporter asked, what is the right situation? I'm and not, he said, we'll see. Okay. I'm not sure if he was. the question was asked, do you want to return to the team? I think it was something like, do you see changes happening to this team? Or like, do you feel like you're, how do you feel about this role on, the, your role on this team? Yeah. And it was, I like it in the right situation. And he didn't say what the right situation would be. Probably hinting at the team needs trades. And also, Dame, we'll just go ahead and talk about our post-game presser and what's come out and what's kind of been headlined. Damian Lillard um, said... Um, this was just going back to the refs. He was, I felt a little shook up after that. It was a blow to the head. The ref was right there. Um, I'm not really sure what play he was referring to, but it was just kind of just something that he was pretty disappointed about. I don't want to blame on the refs for the game, but we're not here to talk about the game. If you want to hear about the game, um, link in the description for, uh, episode 11, I think it was Anyway, back to what we were saying. So, for me, a big order of business is to explore CJ McCollum trades. Just explore everything that could make this team better. If that means explore Nurkic trades, explore Nur- Nur- Nurkic trades. If the Clippers, for some weird reason, like like this is obviously wouldn't happen. The Clippers are like, we don't want Paul, we don't want CJ McCollum for Paul George, but we want Nur- Nurkic for Paul George. You I don't want that. the Blazers to be like, no. Like, you have to. Look at all options on the table for this. This is um, an important offseason to really get better as a team. And the thing is, like, the way we're going to get better is this is the only way we're going to get better. We're not going to sign anybody. We're not going to draft anybody that's going to help us at least this next year. I mean, if you look at just how we got all these people, Dame, CJ were picks. Collins, first-round pick. Simons and Little, first-round picks. And then you got a trade trade for Norman Powell, trade for Nurkic, 
trade for Rocco, signed Eric Jones Jr. with the mid-level exception, signed Ennis Cantor to a small deal. I mean, we got him in the buyout market in the beginning. And uh, Mello was a minimum and everyone else was a minimum. So, I mean, you're not we're not giving out max contracts here. My Here's my thing. You got to trade CJ for a better starting forward. You need to, unfortunately, rid yourself of Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony. I'm hoping Simons continues. He can run backup point guard minutes, though I think that he played well in the playoffs. Nasir Little hopefully gets some more runs. Zach Collins gets healthy. And you have got to fill out the rotation, the, the bench with good defensive pieces. Good defensive pieces. They're not asked to score. You're not. They cannot be like Carmelo, where he goes down and chucks up a three out of the flow of the offense. Play within the offense, and play defense. It's defense, defense, defense. The thing about this upcoming year and why this offseason is also so important is because back in 2017 or 2018, you signed Nurkic to a really team-friendly deal. Four years, $48 million, um, $12 million a year. He's going to be in a contract near year next year, um, as well as Robert Covington. So both will only be making $12 million, which in today's NBA is a steal. And then hopefully um, we re-sign Powell, which I think maybe would be around for a max of, not a max, for around like probably $20 million is what he'll be asking for. And then Derek Jones Jr. I think has a Four player year, like option. Three, 360 or something? Like, yeah, three or $60 million. Um, something on those lines. But Derek the, Jones the, Jr., what do you think about him? Do we keep him if you're the Blazers? Um, I think you do. I mean, I I loved when he played. I wasn't. I don't know why everyone or anyone didn't like him. I don't. He's a free agent. He probably won't stay. He wanted a role in Portland. Terry didn't give it. He got. He had it, and then he didn't give it to the playoffs. But what I was saying, you have. You're gonna. I want to say you have cap room, but like just we never do because our top two players are so. But that's what happens when you have two big time players. The issue with CJ is not technically a big time player. But for the talent Nurk has at the age he is, 26, $12 million is a steal of a contract. Um, so you got to work around that and take advantage of it. It's like how in the NFL, um, you want to really go after it um, when either your quarterback is on a rookie deal or your running back's on a rookie deal. Because the Chiefs won a Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes was on his rookie deal, only making $2 million despite being the best quarterback in the league. Um, the Cowboys were really good when Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott were on their rookie deals because you can build a competent team around good players that are on small deals. So you want to take advantage of while Nurkic is on a small deal. That's why the Hawks have been able to sign so many people in the offseason because Trey Young's making $2 million a year, $5 million. So to make my point clear, take advantage of this last year of use of Nurkic because it could be our last year with him on the team or him making solid money for us. I agree. Um Again, the way this team gets better is good defense. And, yeah, it has to be good defense, in my opinion. Um, just looking at the roster, Zach Collins becoming healthy would be a big thing for this team. Um, Ennis Canner performed admirably while he was a Blazer. I just don't think Canner is the answer at back, at backup. He's a good regular season backup center. If we kept Canner... I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the end of the world if Melo comes back. I'll be a little frustrated. I think frustrated. you can bring back one of one of the two max. The thing is, I want to bring back Melo because I respect him and like I don't want to see him go out of the NBA again. 
even though he probably like it's probably about time to retire like he made your run at a championship um maybe he comes back and is a little more team friendly but i just don't think that's Melo's dna he's a always been a shooter he's always been a scorer mm-hmm. he's not going to stop that even though he shoots the yeah, ball he's old, bad his defense is bad i'm sorry it's just that's important in the nba cj mccollum interestingly enough is salary is going to increase over the next couple years um I just really hope that the Blazers, it doesn't have to be CJ. We're not rallying on CJ. It just somehow makes this team more competent defensively and overall just better. A good GM will find a way to do that, and it's Neil's time. It's your time, Olshay. It's your time. And it's, it's similar. Like I hate using 2K as an example, but like in 2K there's the uh, setting on which team is buying, selling, staying the same, and you're just going to have to find a team that situationally is trying to rebuild but has a star player selling because it's a lot easier to trade for a player when you're selling um so if like that Kawhi trade just like you just brings to mind and like damar was better than cj is right now because damar was an all-star but like you can get a good player i mean if a team is desperate but i just don't know what that team will be and who knows what if we somehow can pull off a trade where that isn't involving cj mccallum and still getting better like if cj could come off the bench and be a Lou Williams on steroids, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, maybe a free agent comes to Portland. Like, that can happen, too. Um, who are the free agents this year? I would have to look those up, but, I mean... It doesn't matter. Maybe, they're like, they're not, but, like, maybe people see Dame's, like, heroic performances and how awesome of a teammate he is. He just won teammate of the year for the NBA, and it's like, I'm willing to come to Portland. But the sad thing is Portland is such a shitty city. So, in the end, I mean, no hate to Portland, but, like, the things over the past year have kind of shook up if it's fun living in Portland. But that's just from an outside source. I don't know. Um, But that's besides the point. But you never know. Might get a free agent to come, but I think the only way you make this team better is by getting a good coach, and by, I mean, a good coach, and possibly moving off from CJ. Um. Yeah, so I think that should do it for this podcast. Again, it was just a really quick, just initial thoughts. Not even initial thoughts, just like what should the Blazers do? Just off the top of the head, what should they do this offseason? I think everyone's in the trade CJ camp. I feel for CJ. I don't want him to get traded. But this has very similar vibes to the Raptors. Just two good, you know, two fan loving, two fan, two players that fans loved. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. And they traded DeMar. Need a sacrifice. For Kawhi. The sacrificial lamb. Not saying we're going to Kawhi. Like, that trade just had to happen. It just worked out. But that might be what takes this team to the next, the next step. And I really hope that the Blazers give Dame some help because his loyalty is being tested. He's being wasted in his prime right now. And it's tough to watch. The last thing I want to see this offseason is a Dame request a trade. Don't think it's going to happen, but... You can never count it out. You just never can count it out because, in the end, if he ever did do that as a Blaze friend, no one can be mad at him because he's the given it his all. Like, game five I, was I the really equivalent. Think, just... I really think the in the offseason, the Blaze front office knows this. Like, you cannot just have, like punish Dame to play on mediocre teams. Like It's go time. We have to win a title. Um, that should do it for this podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Be on the lookout for Blazer content. It's coming out. It's the off season now, so 
no games is unfortunate. But, you know, we're always building. One day we'll get that ring. We will see you guys later. Peace.